Welcome to the Win Daily Podcast. This is Jason Mizrahi, and I got Matt Stryker with me. And we're going to go over this Tuesday, July 2nd slate. Um, let's jump right into games. How do you feel about that, Mike? Yeah, man, I'm ready to go. All right, so we got the first game here. We got Miami-Washington. We got a large slate. There's going to be a lot of different options, but it looks like we have a good pitching matchup here with the rookie Gallon versus Corbin. Um, Bats, I'm going to stay away from in this game. I don't know if I can pay up 10-6 for, for Corbin in this spot. He did well in this spot last time, but 10-6. Miami's starting to swing a little bit hotter bats as of late. Um, how do you feel about playing Corbin in this spot versus Miami? Yeah, Corbin's cost is definitely prohibitive, and as we go down the slate, uh, I'm certainly looking for uh, value elsewhere. Corbin's the obvious play, and if you want to pay up for him, then you're going to have to build a pretty um, clever – lineup around it. I think the last time Corbin saw these Marlins, he, he like went seven innings. He struck out nine or 10 guys. Uh, you know, he, he looked good, but again, the, the price is what makes me go. Let me look around elsewhere. Yeah. You're pretty dead on with his uh, last start. It was just on June 26, seven innings pitch, nine Ks. He got the win, let up one earned run, dropped 55 fan duel points. If he does that again, um, you'd lock him up. So he's definitely in a good spot. The young kid gallon, um, comes in cheaper, $8,000 on FanDuel, not too stretched out, has, you know, the pedigree, the potential, you know, coming in this, into the system, but I'm not going to really look to attack him here with, you know, Washington starting to heat up a little bit as well. I think it's a no play for Gallon, and I won't hate the Corbin play, but I'm going to see if we can find some, uh, cheaper pitching here because we do have a Colorado game and some other games I'd like to stack <laughs> up here. So we got to always take that into account. Um, do you like Gallon in the spot versus the Nats? Uh, the thing about Gallon, so I, I'm big into like sites like Fangraphs and Brooks Baseball, and I like pitch usage. To me, the best way to figure things out is that if Jason throws his slider 70% of the time and I hit sliders successfully 90% of the time, I'm going to put my money on me. The thing about Gallon is he's got four pitches. He seems to be, in the past few starts, the numbers are showing that He's throwing his – technically it's a slider, but it could be a cutter. He's throwing that 35% of the time, and he's throwing his four seam 40% of the time. I think if Nationals batters can figure out the, the combination, you know, when he throws it and the timing of it, it could be a short night for Gallon. But I'm staying away from Nationals bats. I don't want to pick on Gallon. Corbin is a play here again if the price is there. But I'm going to look elsewhere and try to find some bats and some pitchers. Yeah, I totally agree with that call. It's either Corbin or nothing for me in this game. If I can find a way to pay off for Corbin, I think he's in a great spot again. I don't know if he can duplicate the 55 points he did last time, but if he's in that 40 to 50 range, I think you're golden. Um, let's go into Pittsburgh where Monday night um, we had a shortened slate, less games on the slate, and Pittsburgh came in extremely under own, and Josh Bell went out there, had a monster game, three home runs. They put up you know, in the teens – you know, when the game ended there, they, they crushed Chicago. We got Musgrove versus Hendricks. I'm interested to see how many people hop on the bell train, you know, after a three-home run game. The guy's been beasting all year. So both these pitchers don't do it for me. And I would like to possibly get some bats from this game if I see fit. Obviously, we just talk, I just spoke about Josh Bell. But I don't like chasing. You know, we missed him on Monday night. Um, I'm not looking really to go against them and, and grab them this night. I'm going to stay away from the spot. I think both these pitchers are, are good enough not to stack against, but, you know, it kind of 
put us in a bad spot on Monday night, you know, not having any Pirates bats. But Hendricks and Musgrove are, are, are pretty good. So I'm going to stay away here. Do you see anything that I see differently? Do you want to get – are you more aggressively looking to target Hendricks or Musgrove from a pitching or, or stacking perspective? No, nah, this is no play for me. I mean, I didn't – I'll admit, I did not see the Pittsburgh Pirates coming. I mean, I think they have put up like 30-something runs in the last like 10 days. Go back and look. And they, they, did, it, they did it to the Astros. And they're doing it to the Cubbies. And uh, I have a friend of mine, and uh, he will, no matter what, as long as the teams are playing – He'll always build a stack around Bell. He'll always build a stack around Yelich. He'll always build a stack around Trout. So I mean, I guess if these guys are raking the way they are, and you have extra, you know, funds to put, then go ahead. Why not? You know, I, I'm not saying put a hundred bucks on that stack you know, or whatever's a big number to you. But listen, Bell is, is an animal right now, and he's hot. Play the hot hand. But for me, there's there's no play. I'm going to put my money somewhere else. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, so we got a game. Um, Boston came back from London. They're playing in Toronto now. Um, you got David Price versus Trent Thornton here. Not a game that I really want to target either of these pitchers in. I know Thornton's a little bit cheap, and, and Price has been, you know, okay. But, again, not a spot here that I want either pitcher. I'm assuming Boston's going to come back swinging some hot bats here. Um, J.D. Martinez has been hitting well. Devers has been hitting well. There's a couple a couple players here that I like, but I don't know if Thornton's a guy I really want to attack here. Do you like Boston coming out of you know London here with a Boston stack versus Thornton, or are you going to stay away and look for another team? So I do have a place. So I'll play four lineups a night, and I'm going to definitely try to find some, some Red Sox stacks. I might do it around Xander Bogart's portion of the lineup. Uh, Thornton pitched well the last time he saw these Red Sox, but he's coming off this like confidence rattling performance against the Yankees. And ironically, so are the Red Sox, but I think you, you said a pretty valid point. I mean, listen, if the Red Sox are ever going to wake up, now's the time. If they're going to come home and start swinging a hot bat, now's the time. And, uh, Thornton may be a victim here. I, I will find a way to get a Red Sox stack in something around a Xander Bogart somewhere. Are you playing? So let me hear the four-man stack. If, if Price wasn't, you know, in the equation, who's the four bats you want against Thornton? Oh, uh, no, no. I say I play four lineups. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll be able to grab four bats. Uh, I'll probably just look for three, and I'll just look for – I'll sandwich Bogarts. I'll just take whoever's hitting ahead of him and whoever's hitting after him. I'd have to look at the lineup and see. But Yeah, uh, I, think, get... yeah I think I'd want to go Martinez, maybe Devers. Uh, Martinez and Devers are the two guys swinging the hottest bats. Um, that I can think of, you know, right now. And if you want to slide in Bogarts, I think that makes a lot of sense. So you can get the – basically, they've been hitting Devers in the two spot. They've been hitting Bogarts three and Martinez four. So I think that's a good two, three, four stack. Betts haven't – you know, he really hasn't done much. Um, his price dropped a little bit, but I don't know if I can attack it. But if I'm going to go with three, there might be a chance I go with four. Do you like any of these um, Toronto bats against uh, David Price, or are you staying away from there? Uh- if I were to get brave, it would be the top of that Blue Jay lineup. Uh, you know, guys like Biggio and Guerrero and, and Lordy are playing well. But, again, the thing with David Price is, since he's a lefty, and you just, I never know which David Price is showing up. So he could be the guy that, that has a 14 ERA by the end of the night, or it could be the guy that deals. I'm, I'm not touching that. Yeah, very interesting uh, approach. I, I think Boston – 
out of these first three games that we just mentioned, they're in the best spot to to stack up. Um, here's a game I know you want to talk about. We have a Cy Young candidate in Jason Vargas against your your favorite James Paxson. Yes, it's the Mets. Yes, it's the Yankees. We have a Subway series. But what are you doing with, with Vargas? Obviously, he's not winning a Cy Young. That was a little joke. But if you look at a guy's game, I don't know how he's doing it. I'm stacking against him, you know, 50% of the time in the last couple of games. What do you do here? You just stack up these Yankees and say, okay, Vargas is going to get blown up? Or do you actually take some credibility to, to what he's done in the last four or five games? Uh, well, first thing I do is I try to get my eyes right because I thought it was Wheeler going for uh, for the Mets. But if it's you Vargas... You could be right here. I see, I see some mixed reports here. So um, FanDuel has Vargas, but FanDuel's been totally off lately. So let's go with what you're saying because in a couple other spots, I do see Wheeler. So let's erase everything I just said. It's going to be Wheeler. <laughs> FanDuel, get your ish straight. Um, Paxson versus Wheeler, that changes everything. Um, so give me give me your pitching layout here. Is Paxton playable? The guy we've been talking about price not being um, too consistent. Paxton's right. the same thing. I love what he did last year in Seattle, but like I haven't got him right this year so far. In, in great matchups, he does pretty terrible. In tough matchups, he's done good or great. So what kind of Paxton-Wheeler matchup do you see going into Tuesday night? Well, before I get to that, I just want to say that if I am ever in the Mets clubhouse and I am ever a reporter and Jason Vargas wants to fight, I'm totally down. Like, I just – I what do I lose? If he, he wins, of course he wins. He's Jason Vargas. But if I win, dude, game over, bro. And he's got, like, bags under his eyes. He always looks like he's tired. I definitely I could take him down. All right. Um, yeah, the thing about this is, like, this is the kind of game that the Mets will win this game, like, 14-3. to and every Met fan in the world is going to take to the airwaves and social media and say, oh, this team's going to bounce back after the All-Star break. They're going to bounce back. My concern is that the Yankees are not going to put out their, their number one team for the next few days. I think they might start resting, guys. They have a lead. All-Star break is coming up. I want to see what lineup Booney trots out. Look, dude, this would be them, like... I don't see them resting before the All-Star break in the Subway Series. Maybe... One of the bats, but, you know, I think they're going to go with a, a pretty, you know, similar line to what they've been rolling out, you know, as of late with maybe Gardner, Hicks, and DD being the lefties, and then some combination of DJ, Judge, Sanchez, Voigt, and Torres. Do you think the Yankees care about this series? Do you think the Yankees, do you think anyone cares? The Mets stink. They no, I know. St- they're going to find like scabs and have them play. They're going to chat out the old timers like Bobby Mercer, Roy Smalley, Willie Randolph. They're going to play the Mets. Yeah, by the uh, way, did you see what the Mets did? What? Not only. Oh, yeah, today, yeah. They, they said that two guys were dead that weren't <laughs> dead. So crazy. Right. Now, and you know what today is, too. Bobby Bonilla Day uh, on Monday, yeah. at least. Um, where they paid out a nice million-dollar check to Bobby Bonilla for another year. But uh, back to the game, though. Do you like a Yankee stack here? Um, do you like Paxton? Wheeler? So, Wheeler's so cheap? Here, yeah, listen, Wheeler is cheap. But like I said, this is the game where on paper you should take every Yankee bat and take Paxton or whatever. And it's the game where the, the Mets show up or it's a 2-1 game. Uh, living in New York, I just I know how these things work. I'm not touching it. It's no play. It's too volatile. On paper, it should go one way, but 
you want to hear God laugh, you tell him your plans. That's the same thing for this game. So what's your prediction for Paxton? I think he's interesting at 8,700. Um, is he, is he, what do you have him doing tomorrow? Like on a, is he going to have a blow up start like he had in Toronto? Or is he going to drop 40 points like he did against Houston and the White Sox? Or is he going to do negative seven again like he did against the Mets the last time he went out? I'll give you the safe answer. I'll tell you, he goes like six innings and uh, he's in line for the win, but he doesn't have a masterful performance. So we fade him and we fade Wheeler. All right. I'll listen to that and I won't stack up these Yankees most likely against uh, Wheeler because he's been pretty good. Um, Let's go into the next game. We have Cincinnati at home against these Brewers. Chase Anderson versus Tanner Roark. Um, The Brewers finally, finally when... Uh, Mild got out of the game. They started hitting a little bit. Yelich hit a home run. Things starting to maybe turn for them. Rourke's been good, though. You know, and this Brewers lineup has been kind of bad as of late. So I don't know if it's a full stack here. Um, you know, obviously, Yelich is always in play. Thames has been hot. Grandal has been good. Um, but Milwaukee overall has been a little bit light, you know, from a hitting standpoint. I don't know if I have the, the balls to play Rourke against the Milwaukee Bats. I didn't have it. You know, I wrote up Maul in my cheat sheet on Windale DFS. I put him as a number two um, starter on the slate, and he went out there and dropped 40. I wish I listened to my own advice and played him a little bit more, but I didn't. Can you see Rourke going into Milwaukee and pitching a good game here, or do you see these Brewers just, you know, stacking up against them and, and tearing them out? Uh, well, again, I got to check my eyes. I, I thought that the game was in Cincinnati, which it makes You're it right totally, again. I'm off today. I, um, so all right, cool. So it makes Cincinnati it a totally is. different, makes it a totally different uh, conversation. The, the thing about this is, and this is a little crazy. So like I said, I do multiple lineups a night. I am going to find a way to get a, a little red stack in a lineup. And I'm also going to find a way to get a brewer stack in a lineup. I just think that these two teams have the potential to score a ton of runs, like, the potential is there, and tomorrow to, uh, and tonight could be the night that it happens uh, again. Like we're talking about the Yankee Met game, you just never know. But the potential for big bops are here. I'll just look up and down the lineups of both teams: you know, Puig and Dietrich and Winker and Suarez and you know, Jeanette's back. And, the, and on the other side, Christian Yelich is amazing. He's, he's absolutely amazing. Like, you could just stack him with anyone, and yet you stand a chance to win. So, yeah, man, I'm playing both bats on both sides, but neither pitcher. I agree. I agree. I think all lefties, Thames, Yelich, Grandal, Gamble, um, you can go that route on the Milwaukee side. And Cincinnati, you named them. Um, Winker hit a home run. Suarez has been heating up as well, and he's really cheap on FanDuel. Um, so if you're going to stack Cincinnati, I would go Winker. Probably Suarez, maybe Dietrich or Scooter. And, you know, Vado is still in the mix and he's cheap as well. So he's coming off, you know, he's starting to heat up a little bit. His average is up to 267, hit eight home runs. So he's in play as well, I feel like. He's not getting much respect as of late, but he's probably going to the All Star break a little bit hotter than he was earlier in the season. So I think he's playable as well. Um, now we have Philly going into Atlanta. Hope I got that one right. Um, looks like Nola versus Keiko here. Um, should be somewhat. Actually, I'm seeing mixed reports. FanDuel's killing me again. Um, I think it's Pavetta. It's Pavetta, right? Yeah. Yeah, FanDuel does not like to update, you know, what the hell they're doing. But I see Nola in some spots. I see Pavetta in some spots. 
Um, I'll tell you yeah, this much. FanDuel might be messing with you because you just keep taking so much of their money. I always wonder if like FanDuel, DraftKings, and Monkey Knife Fight get together and they kind of just like look at who takes so much of their money and then they try to like jam their system. You could be that guy. So let, let's play because we're doing this very late on Monday, kind of early Tuesday here. So let, let's play it out right now that we don't know. If it's Pavetta, I'm going to stay away and I'm probably going to stack up um, some Atlanta bats. If it's Nola, I'm probably going to stay away from Atlanta and Nola. If it's Nola, um, I think Nola's been pitching, you know, pretty well as of late. I like these Atlanta bats, but I think there's better spots if it's Nola. If it's Pavetta, I will attack. Uh, will full on stacks. Keiko, on the other hand, probably is a one-off. If it's it's going to be hot in Atlanta, I can see some one-offs. And maybe like a Hoskins or a Segura, but probably won't full stack either. Um, do you like Atlanta if it's Nola or if it's Pavetta? I'm assuming you like it better if it's Pavetta. And how do you feel about these Philly bats going against Keiko, who's been limiting damage, uh, only gave up three on runs in both his starts and five innings? How do you feel about these pitchers or these stacks? So I'm working under the, under the assumption that it is Pavetta, and I am looking at Braves bats here. Uh, you know, that, that, that's really, a, like you said, Keiko is still, uh, to me, undetermined. And I wouldn't I wouldn't play it even if Keiko had an entire season under his belt. I just wouldn't play it the other way. But Pavetta, listen, I mean, I own him in a bunch of leagues, but he could easily implode. So uh, maybe in, in my fourth lineup of the night when I'm getting kooky and I'm getting crazy and I roll up a fate, latte, I play some brave bats. Okay, and if it is Nola, are you still playing those brave bats? Because I'm, I'm starting to no. lean that Fanduel is right on this one, and it is going to be Nola, you know, pitching Tuesday night. So if it is Nola, are you stacking against him as well? No, I am not. Nola is not Pavetta, just as Pavetta is not Nola. Agreed, agreed. All right, so we have you know one more game in the seven o'clock time frame. We got Charlie Morton uh, versus Dylan Bundy in Tampa Bay. Um, Morton's got to be looked at here. Um, and <laughs> what was that? I just laughed. <laughs> of course he has to be. Yeah. Um, Morton's in play here. He's a little bit expensive. I'm getting mixed reports again if if, if Dylan oh, Bundy is getting to start on the back side of things. Um, it looks like I'm, it might I'm seeing it's Wojciechowski. Yeah, I'm either seeing... way, it doesn't matter. It could freaking be... Uh, Frick, name name an old time uh, Oreo pitcher. It, yeah, seriously, it could be any of those guys. I don't know why I'm blanking. It could be Mike Boddicker, and it doesn't matter. Like it just doesn't. Charlie Morton. It's almost too easy this game. This is the game where, like, I look around and go, right, "What's the catch? Who's going to jump out of the closet? Like, what's going on here?" You should throw every dollar you have at Charlie Morton here. So why am I hesitant? Price tag. I think the price tag would be the only thing that gets you hesitant. These aces haven't been doing what they're supposed to be doing on a lot of different slates, but the dude's been consistent. I think he has a solid floor of probably 30, 35 points um, at home in a matchup versus Baltimore. I think if it came down to Morton versus Patrick Corbin, I would have to lean Morton um, for the extra safety and win probability here. But it's close. I think them two are almost in identical spots, Miami and Baltimore. Baltimore might have a little bit more power. You know, you saw what they did on this past weekend. But, you know, as far as Vegas goes, 
Um, we have Baltimore coming in around three runs. We have Miami coming in around four runs. So Vegas is liking Morton more than Corbin here. I think Morton's been more consistent. So I'm going to lean Corbin here. I think there's a little bit more strikeout upside um, against Baltimore. So I agree with you. I give Morton probably a five to even 10 point edge on Corbin, a higher ceiling, more consistency. I think he's your cash game play of the night at 10 8. I think it's a fair price for for him versus Baltimore. On the backside of things, if it's if it's Wojnarowski, whatever the hell this guy's name is, Tampa Bay bats disappointed me a little bit, you know, on Monday night, but I have no problem going back to the well and grabbing a Meadows, a low. Kermeyer did well. Um, Troy, the lefties, you know, are the guys I'm going to pretty much target here. So I don't mind a low-owned Tampa Bay stack here. We do have to deal with Coors Field, so we got to take that into account. So maybe some one-offs like Kiermaier at, you know, sub $3,000 levels would be a great one-off. Or trying to slide in maybe a lower Meadows or Troy, you know, makes sense to me as well. Um, do you like stacking these Tampa Bay bats, or do you, you know, want to stick to these these course field games? No, I like what you said, and it, you, you said something that I hope listeners catch on to. The sub 3,000, to me, 3,200 is the threshold. But the sub 3,000, 3,200, 3,100, 3,000, 2,900 guy that you can get, man, I got to tell you, that can make or break a lineup because you could be trying to build like a dope lineup around a Charlie Morton or Patrick Corbin and pulling your hair out because you can't make the math work. You just, I'm $200 over or I'm this or that. You find a guy that's under that 3K I'm telling you, one or two guys like that somewhere strategically placed in a lineup, I, many a night I have won quite a bit of money because of a guy like that. So great point, dude. Yeah, so um, on, a, on a lighter note, we do have to uh, take into account this Angel-Texas game, you know, RIP to Tyler Skaggs. We don't really know the full reports um, other than that he was really young and a talented kid. Um, so moment in silence goes out to him and we do have to continue this show um we have two lefties here you know we uh, when this game was supposed to ring off on monday i'll give you my analysis real briefly i had trout in my lineups i had you know simmons and fletcher for some value and on the back side of things i was attacking you know jose suarez with elvis um santana there's a lot of bats on this backside of things that, you know, will come into play. But I think it's going to be a somber kind of game. You know, I don't really see fireworks going off on, on Tuesday night here. Matt, anything you want to touch on on this game at all? I mean, listen, yeah, it's going to be emotional. Um, but I feel like a dick saying it. Putting emotion aside and just, you know, getting back to work. It's hot in Texas. Texas bats have been hot as well. Uh, maybe I can see a stack. They might get to canning. But again, the emotions come in. I can also see this entire Angels team just coming out for the next foreseeable future and just just playing great baseball. They've been playing really good baseball. And now with motivation or something that brings you together, uh, you know, it's. I mean, I'm getting chills kind of talking about it now. Uh, Mike Miner can be stingy. So I, I really wouldn't recommend trying to get on this one. Let the emotions uh, kind of ring out in the wash and then try to look at this team in, in a day or two, maybe after the break. For me, it's just, it's no play. It's just, it feels icky. Yeah. You know, 
one-offs, possibly. I wouldn't attack Miner too much outside of Trout. Um, we got to see what they're going to do with the starting pitcher here. They had, you know, Suarez supposed to go. Maybe with the extra day they go to Canning. So do your research. Check out the articles that we post on WindailyDFS.com to kind of see what kind of plays out. See what the story is before you go ahead and stack it up. Um, Houston's going into Colorado. Interesting series here. Um, and they're doing this young guy, you know, a nice favor by getting his first start out of the way in Colorado. Um, Jose Urquidy, he's a righty going into Colorado. I don't know if this is his first start ever of his career, but not, you know, not the guy that I would expect giving a shot to in his first start. Looks like he earned his way up in the big leagues, 3-4 ERA, 0.98 whip, 104 to 15 K to walk ratio across 76 innings. Um, he's got some strikeout potential, obviously, with those numbers, but it's a different ball game when you're going into course field here. So I think a course stack is in full play here. Um, I'm going to lean towards these Colorado lefties since I don't know too much about Jose here. And I like Marquez as a pitcher. I don't really stack against him. And I take a lighter note to, you know, him pitching in cores. I think he's done it before. He knows how to limit damage. I'm not saying every starting course field will be muted by him. But I'm not so anxious to stack against him. So what's your take on Marquez here? Do you want to attack him in course field knowing that, you know, he's let up uh, in his last earned course, he let up seven earned to San Diego. Prior to that, only two versus Toronto, four versus Baltimore. I know Houston's a potent offense, but he's limited his damage, you know, in course field at times. So it's a tough spot to kind of to peg. I usually don't stack against Marquez or I limit it. Do you want a full stack here with Houston bats? Well, uh, the question is, is, does Marquez stymie the fourth best team overall in the league with an 86-plus run differential? Uh, here's the thing that a lot of people won't pay attention to. You know the Astros are just 22-19 and 19 on the road? So the point that you're making is rather intriguing. But at the same time, it's, it's like, you know, gosh... <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's just like you, something you can't resist. It's, it's, it's heroin to the junkie. It's beer to the alcoholic. How much money are you spending on Astro Bats in this one? I think everyone we know in the fantasy community is going to have some kind of Astro Bat stack going on. Like it's, You can't resist. You start itching and twitching and stuff. Like That's, that's a 3 a.m. phone call. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, God, I'm going to do it. You feel terrible after. You cry in the shower. Or so, so I've you, heard. But so you, it's the Astro stack. You're, you're, you're putting it, you're making a very descriptive picture. I actually see you crying in the shower. <laughs> Seriously, uh, in the fetal position. These Astros. But I think, you know, there was a thing that, you know, some DFS pros kind of try to back stats around, of, you know, of teams going to Colorado and playing in that first game. And that first game kind of disappointing because they're getting adjusted to the altitude. And I've heard rumors that these stats actually hold true sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Some years it does. Certain teams it doesn't. But I'm going to try my best to to stay away here. Um, maybe get a one-off in an Alvarez or, you know, maybe, you know, one of these bats come in slightly, you know, cheaper than expected, like a, a Josh Reddick at 3,500. Um, but I'm not going to overdo it. I'll, I'll take Blackman all day. 
I'll take Arenado all day. I'll take, you know, maybe Daniel Murphy, who's been slumping. I'll try to stay on the Colorado side and stay away from Houston. Maybe get my one off from Houston. So four Colorado bats, three from another team, and then one coming back to these nice. uh, these Astros. Is what I would love to, to, to plan out if I land that way. Um, you know, that'd be great. If I'm making five or six lineups, I'll probably just throw in one lineup that's Houston and Colorado together just in case it does go, you know, all out and they score 10 runs each. I have at least one lineup that's in play because he's definitely going to be highly owned due to the fact that there's two strong offenses playing in cores. Um, Getting into the next game, we got a guy we have to take a look at here, Matt Boyd going against Renato Lopez. Um, Two offenses I want nothing to do with. Um, One for the fact that the White Sox are not good and the other for the fact that you know, um, they're going against Boyd, and Detroit's not really that good as well. So it's it's Boyd or nothing here. What do you feel about Matt Boyd going against these, these White Sox? I think Matt Boyd is auditioning for a trade to Houston, and uh, I think Boyd may go out and really try and impress. Does that mean that he overthrows? I, I can't answer you, but it's just it's one of those things. Um Ronaldo Lopez has an ERA over four and a half over his last four starts. Uh, this game can go either way. I have play at your own risk here. Again, if you're up and you want to throw, I don't know, what's money to you? 20, 50, 100 bucks, whatever. Go ahead. Build yourself a little stack. Maybe you grab Boyd or maybe you take some White Sox guys to kill him. I don't know. I can't get behind Tiger Bats to touch up Lopez. Just, just play at your own risk. This is... When I was in high school, we called the shake weed. This has like seeds and stems in it, and it gives you a headache, and it's brown. You grew up in Long Island too, huh, bud? I grew up in Queens, in Bayside, <laughs> Queens. Let me ask you a question while we're talking about this guy, Boyd. Rate Boyd Corbin Morton. Oh, gosh, stop. Go bang your head against the wall for even asking me that question. Uh, Corbin, Corbin Morton, Boyd. And Are only you because like Corbin ahead of Morton now? Well, because you said Corbin is priced at ten six and Morton's ties priced at ten eight, right? That's the same to me. Rate them, uh, you know, yeah. rate them, rate them the same. Price not important. No, it's not. I'm not that because of what you said, dude. A twenty nine hundred dollar guy and a thirty one hundred dollar guy can make or break you building a lineup. So again, if I'm gonna pay up for pitching, which I gotta be honest, I'll do it, but. I won't do it when there's options around it. Like the other night, I think I did Scherzer and Bieber, the obvious chalk. And like I spread it out over four lineups, and I just I got killed. Like I'm embarrassed to even say how well I did. I should stop talking. But again, dude, Morton at 10-8 and Corbin at 10-6, I'll go 10-6 on those extra $200. I'll try to build something nice. Okay. I hear you. All right, so let's get into this other game in this 8 o'clock time slate. We have Bauer versus Junis, another guy we have to take into account. These Cleveland bats, I'm just going to put it out there. I think I'm close to done with them. Um, They've been disappointing all year long. I know they're another good spot here, and there's some lefty bats like Lindor and Kipnis and Bowers and Jose Ramirez who used to know how to hit. Um, But I'm pretty sick of losing money on Cleveland. I have good teams (laughs) in their pair with Cleveland bats. Um, They're the you know, they've been disappointing, and it's about time to cut my losses. If they start hitting again, I'm going to attack them. It's a dream matchup here. You know, Junis is pretty terrible. You have cheap prices. 
you know, with guys like Kipnis or Ramirez, but not a team I really want to attack. I, I really don't. Um, on the other hand, I think Bauer is in contention here um, to go out there and throw another gem. Between Bauer, Morton, Corbin, and Boyd, those are your four most expensive pitchers with Bauer coming in at 11-6. I think they're all in play. I'm probably going to take the discount, you know, like Matt said, and maybe go with a, a Morton or Corbin over Bauer. But Bauer probably has the highest ceiling to go out there and crush. So you really got to take that into account. In his last start, he dropped 63, 12 Ks versus these same Kansas City Royals in six and two-thirds innings. Anytime a guy strikes out 12 guys in six and two-thirds, you know he's got that potential to do it again. Um, two starts before that, he pitched nine-inning complete game shutout um, against Detroit. So he has the highest ceiling on this slate. Even in his bad games, he still finds a way to strike out seven, eight guys. Probably has the highest K rate on this slate as well. So you have a nice floor with Bauer, but he's expensive. Uh, maybe we, we do what you know Matt just said he did the other day and, and split up the exposure against these you know these top four aces that are on the mound. Um, how do you see Bauer, and do you have any faith in his Cleveland bats? Uh, Cleveland bats, I'm not interested. Trevor Bauer may very well throw a no-hitter tonight. And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not. Don't laugh. I'm being <laughs> serious. Twice. No, Trevor Bauer may if throw a no-hitter tonight. you call a no-hitter, I don't know. You can, you can ask. I don't know what you want. If it's dinner, a private dinner between you and your yes, best that, friend. That, yes, that's, that's what I'm going to ask for if I predict a no-hitter dinner. No, yeah, I'm going to ask for 75% of the company and points on the revenue. What was that? I said I'm going to ask for 75% of the company and points on the revenue. <laughs> Let's see what happens, man. Let's see what happens. Worst case, <laughs> you get dinner with Scott Angle at the finest establishment in Bayside. Nice. That'll be Ben's Deli in Bayside, Queens. Yeah, man, I just think uh, I, uh, Bauer's poised. Uh, I know he's going to be emotional. I know he had a relationship with uh, with Tyler, Tyler Skaggs, rest in peace. I just – I don't know, man. It's just one of those things. I just think Bauer comes out and uh, – he, he gives you a gem. I like Bauer tomorrow. Today. Okay. I like Bauer every day of the week. Even Daisy doesn't pitch. I just like him. So you agree, no Cleveland bats, and we like Bauer, correct? Correct. All right. So we got four late games now. We got Odorizzi versus Megden. Minnesota started waking up again. Their bats are definitely in play, but we're in a pitcher's park. I'm leading on no play across the board here. I don't want to pay 9000 for Odorizzi when I can get Boyd for 10000 or, you know, one of these other guys a little bit more expensive. And Daniel Magnin, 7000 has slight value, but I think there's better shots with better value coming up. A guy I really do like for my value play we'll talk about soon. So I'm going to just X off this game. You got to do that on a 15-game slate. We can talk about some Twins bats if you like Twins bats versus Magnin. But I'm going to try to hit the void button on this entire game. Do you like Odorizzi? Do you like, you know, value bats from Minnesota? How you how do you see this game going out? Yeah, uh, I, I just have twin bats as what I'm looking at in this game. I like to see what they do. I'd see what teams do a lot of times. Like Rosario hits the IL. How do you shuffle up that lineup? And who slides up? Who's going to see better pitching? Who's going to see worse pitching? That's what I always look at. I love lineups because I want to know, oh, Jay's hitting in front of me. Oh, cool. Wow, Jay can't hit a curveball to save his life. Ah, oh, geez. Guess what I'm going to see when I get up to the plate? I'm just using you as an example. Yeah, twin bats are, are going to be a play for me, like pretty much for the rest of the season until they're not a play for me anymore. 
So the problem with the Twins bats, I'll, I'll put it out there. Um, Sano's the guy's going to slide up. He's probably going to be in the five hole, six hole. Um, but Cruz is 4,100. Kepler is 3,800. Um, so they come in expensive. Polanco, yeah. 3,700. So it's going to be a tough time to get one of these top tier pitchers or some Colorado bats or Baltimore, I mean, uh, or Tampa Bay bats, Milwaukee bats, who are in a better spot here in a hitter's park. So I'm just going to, based on price, based on the park and Megley not being a complete gas can. I'm going to try to fade Minnesota, but I won't be surprised if they do get to Megden um, as well. Um, next game, we have Strom versus Bede um, in San Diego. These guys are both cheap. San Diego's been, you know, swinging hotter bats as of late, but I can't really get behind anybody in this game. You know, from a pitching standpoint, um, I don't really see Strom going out there and, and dropping 45, 50 points, which is kind of what you're looking for when you have – you know, all these aces ahead of him. He's had one good start in his last start, but outside of that, it's, you know, few and far between. He has the potential, but he's also got a 4.94 ERA and only broke, um, you know, 35 points a couple times this entire year um, after somewhat of a, a decent middle of his, you know, schedule. He's been kind of cold. So do you like Matt Strom? I know you've been eyeing him um, as a rookie. I can't really get play bead. Do you like Strom at all? So I, I really think that what you just did here is so vital, and people should almost like grab a pad, a pad and a pen and write it down. You gave me a goal, an objective, a threshold. You mentioned with, with the, the top pitchers of the slate, the number in your head you're looking to bang out. Yo, I want 40, 50 points from my pitcher. When you're going down and you're bargain hunting and you find a match Stram, you have to seriously ask yourself, is this guy going to give you 50 points? And if he's not, how are you going to make up, let's say he gives you 34, how are you going to make up the difference? What bat stack is going to make up the difference that playing Stram got you versus if you went ahead and played uh, Bauer, for instance? So that's one school of thought that I think is really interesting. And it's on the other side of it, against BD, I do like Padre Bats. Uh, I have a man crush on Fran Mil Reyes. I said it last week, too. My birthday was five days ago. Somebody out there, please get me a Fran Mil Reyes t-shirt. I will not hate you for it. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that there's some Padre uh, bats that could be played here. Although BD has been a bright spot for the Giants, it's the 10, 10 p.m. East Coast time game. By this time, you have either won or lost most of your money. And if you're hanging on to the last two games of the night to crush, I don't know. I don't like to play it that way. I like to have my money won by, by 8, 10, 9, 40. Yeah, um, happy belated birthday. And I think yeah, I, I gave you a birthday. friend you are. Yeah. I need that Facebook, you know, reminder that says your birthday. I guess we're not friends on Facebook yet. I don't have a Facebook account. No, no. You're talking to an imposter. So how do you you're talking to some, like, 70-year-old guy. What? <laughs> What'd you say? I think I actually looked for you. I didn't see you. I said, yeah, uh, no. I don't remember what I said, but we gotta, you got to you gotta let me know when your birthday is around. I think I, I gave you the shout out a couple of days before your birthday and I'm shouting you out a couple of days afterwards. So I guess you got like an elongated birthday with me. So just get me the friend Reyes there, but, t-shirt um, and we'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah, Padre uh, bats are in play. Yeah. I think, you know, if you really want to take a, a stab at, at BD or Strom and just really stack up the bats and hope that, 
you know, one of them gets you a quality start and somehow pitches six innings and six Ks to that 35, 40 point, you know, marker, you might be all right. Um, but it's tough sledding and there's some guys up top that are going to really do well. Um, I think we're up to the last game of the slate. Actually, no, we have two more. But here's a guy I've been waiting to talk about. Um, Jack Flaherty has been pitching well. He's going into Seattle. Um, a nice pitcher's park. This Seattle lineup is pretty much, you know, been the dust. Hasn't been doing much. I think Flaherty goes out there. Really good game here. I think you can pick him, you know, for a nice floor of maybe 35 points with the upside to get to 45 here. He's coming off a rough start, you know, at home against Oakland. Two starts before that, he's eight Ks in both. So he's a guy that if you want to, you, you want to grab some value, he'd be the first guy I took a shot at. I don't know if I'm going to go that far, though. You know, like fade the Houston bats, maybe grab some Colorado bats and see if I can find a cheap stack to pair up with one of these expensive pitchers because the consistency that you get once you fall off this $10,000 range is tough. But if I'm going to go one way, be Flaherty, or maybe take a shot on Paxton and hope for that upside. But I think Flaherty and Paxton are the only two guys, you know, underneath $9,000 that can catch a Bauer, Morton, Corbin, or Boyd. So how do you feel about Flaherty going, you know, on the road in Seattle in a pitcher's park? Can he do, you know, can he get you 40, 45 points is my question. Uh, I mean, he can. My concern is just as a team as a whole. So I'm a Cardinal fan. I watch, I want to say 162 games. I don't, but I watch a lot. Uh, This trip, this Cardinal team, I, I just I don't like the mix right now. They've been inconsistent. And again, to go out to Seattle, I mean, it sucks. I, I've done it a million times. It just takes so much out of you. And, and, and Carpenter, I think, has like a stomach bug and just things like that. I don't know. This game kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. If you want to try to value Flaherty, go right ahead. But some of those Mariner bats are hot. I mean, Santana's starting to get hot. And it's just... I don't know. I'm, I'm making this face. You can't see it, but I'm making this face like a bitter beer face. I just, I don't like the game. Yeah, I think uh, I think Flaherty's in play. I know how much, how many shares are going to have of him. You know, maybe 10% or 15% and we pay off the rest um that's what out of here i'm gonna i'm gonna try to find a way to pay up and get these um these other pitchers i mean and, and not work on flaherty too much but i think he comes into play and i don't mind grabbing maybe 10 15 percent of flaherty i'm not playing st louis bats at all and i'm not really playing any seattle bats i think flaherty's off the rocker here so i like some flaherty but i'm gonna try to pay up if i can um, last game versus Clark. Um, I don't know much about this guy, Clark. Do you know much about, you know, Arizona pitcher Taylor Clark? Yeah, he had a, a fairly decent showing his last time out. But, I mean, dude, you, you, you're playing the Dodgers. I think Clark, uh, I think he only went five innings. Hang on, I'll look it up right now. Yeah, he five innings against the Dodgers. He gave up three runs. Two of them earned. He gave up four hits. Uh, at the start of June, he's it's a month later. 
threw 96 pitches in his first game, 93 in the second. I don't know. I mean, dude, they're the Dodgers. You know, what do you have to lose by taking a Dodger bat stack? So to give a quick recap on Tuesday's slate, we like four pitchers. We like Charlie Morton. We like Trevor Bauer, Patrick Corbin, and Matt Boyd. Leading the pack, um, we believe all four of them can, you know, really put you in a good spot in your cash games and your tournaments. If you want to take a stab at somebody, I think Jack Flaherty is the best guy to go with. From a stack perspective, these Red Sox come into play. On top of the Red Sox, this this Brewers versus Reds game could shoot out potentially. And we gotta we gotta look at cores. You know, cores is always in play. I like the Colorado Bats more than Houston, just because there's a proven pitcher, you know, on this Rocky staff that will be in play here. And you know, Houston for the most part they're coming into cores in the first game. They've been swinging a little bit better bats, but I'm gonna try my best to fade that game. And we have to give an RIP and a moment of silence again to you know Tyler Skaggs and these Angels. You know, they're gonna be dealing with. You know, some tough times. It's a game that you can attack. Um, it's going to be hot in, you know, in Texas. But, you know, we're going to leave the, the show today on Tuesday and, and give a big rest in peace to Tyler Skaggs, his family, the Angels, you know, organization as a whole in Major League Baseball. Um, gone too early. And we hope that everybody has a, you know, a profitable Tuesday. Stay safe out there. And, you know, check us out at windailydfs.com.